When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Auburn family? Hugh Freeze and his Auburn Tigers take the stage in Nashville at SEC Media Days. We're here to talk about it on this Friday edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. TGIF to my Auburn brethren. Thank God it's Friday. Dustin Smith, Blake Lane in the building. Blake, how you doing, brother? What's up, Dustin? My wife uh, just got discharged from the hospital, brother, so she had to go back in. I uh, was feeling a little tightness in the chest. Uh, had to stay an extra night, but just got discharged. Uh, so uh, it, it feels good, brother. It's, it's going to be a great weekend. My yeah. little boy's coming home, too, so uh, it's been a whirlwind. I've been trying to <laughs> pump these things out with you, but things have kept happening. Uh, but we're we're looking towards the weekend, man. We're 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 getting there, and uh, yes. I'm I'm ready to talk some Auburn football, man. Whole family gonna be home this weekend, nice, yeah. healthy, ready to go, man. Let's yeah. let's get it. Let's Love get it. it. And we're almost under forty days, man. We're right here on the cusp of forty days, and mm-hmm. Blake talking season right. It's officially mm-hmm. talking season. We got in here, but Hugh took the stage at Nashville, man. And I talked a little bit with the guys over at the War Report. Uh, I want to give a shout out before we get into it, man. Mike G and Ike Jones, bro, mm-hmm. busting ass up in Nashville, pumping out the content, man. Follow those guys over at War Report. I'm sure you are already. If you're not, what are you doing with your life? But they're pumping out great content, dude. They're out there hustling, and they tw- uh, Mike tweeted out last night. Started from the bottom, and I just want those guys to know, man, that that's motivation for guys like me and Blake, because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know where we're coming from, and we're shooting to be there with you guys next year, man. But awesome, man. Love them guys pumping out that content. Keep working hard, boys. Proud of y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked about it. I kind of gave my thoughts on the midweek report with the guys last night, Blake. So I wanted to get your overall thoughts. Just kind of get into it, man. Hugh Freeze's opening statements, as we talked about the, uh, last week, kind of the, the state of the union, right? Mm-hmm. Saying this is, this is how the Auburn program stands. This is where we sit. What was your takeaways? I absolutely loved it, and and one thing that really stuck out to me that Hugh said is he was asked about Nick Saban and, and the University of Alabama, hmm. and Dustin, you know what he said? He said, I want to beat him, and that right there gave me chills, all right? But then he said, I, I want to be measured to the golden standard, all right? He realizes that Alabama is the standard of college football. But he knows that he has a job to do in this state. And he's coming in. And that is why I remember when we did our most important game on the schedule. And both of our number ones was mm-hmm. the University of Alabama. Because every be. everybody knows in this state, all right, that is the game. Alabama fans can downplay it all they want to. Uh, Auburn's just another game. No, it's not. It is the game, all right? It's bigger than Ohio State and Michigan. We're from the same state, all right? We hate each other. If you've ever watched uh, Roll Tide, War Eagle, 
uh, and Paul Feinbaum and what he said about the the rivalry. All right, it's like the Israelites and the Palestinians living amongst each other for 364 days out of the year, and that one day they have to play each other. And Hugh gets it. He gets it. He knows the task at hand. He knows it with recruiting. I'm sick of the two phones jokes. All right, that is that is making the rivalry even more heated. All right, get them out of your system while you can. All right, because they're getting old. They're not original. They're stupid. All right, and they're lame, honestly. All right, but I know why you're taking the dig. But when he kicks your ass, all right, when he starts getting when he starts getting at you, all right, the jokes they're not going to be as funny anymore because he understands the rivalry. That was the biggest thing that stuck out to me is how he uh, went went right to that and and let Alabama know, hey, I'm not scared. I've beat you before, and that was at Ole Miss, and I'm here to do it again. And we always talk about on this podcast, Dustin, flip the script, all right? Flip the script. And he got guys excited about Auburn. That that was another thing that that when you listen to him speak and you listen to him talk about his players and his quarterback room, all right, he, he, I feel like high school kids were getting excited to watch you. It was about football and this football program. It wasn't about – was there an affair happening off the field? Was there a, a trip to Mexico going on? Was there a, a you know a, him not showing up to a golf tournament or whatever? Right. right. It was about football and about the program and about the players. That is what stuck out with me with Hugh Freeze. Now, with the whole quarterback stuff, I, I know we're going to get into that. Look, man, Hugh was there to do one thing, Dustin. And, and I, I think we both know what that, that is, all right? Hugh's not going to sit here and say, hey, Peyton Thorne's our starting quarterback. He's not going to do it. Do you think he's going to do it, Dustin? <laughs> Dude, um, he ain't even took a snap yet and pads in an Auburn helmet. Thank you. Like, my, my biggest takeaway from that is everybody got on this train of – Oh, you know, oh, Robbie, Robbie's seeing daylight. Like, like there's, there's a chance. There's a chance. Look, this is a QB competition, right, yeah. Dustin? Yeah, I mean, there was a. Like, it, I, I don't see what you. I'm with you on the percent. I don't see what you think changed from Hughes' answer. Like, I, I, this, this whole narrative coming out of Nashville, it just misses me. I don't see what changed at all. What did he say that you didn't think it was going to be? It's going to be a competition. It, okay, so tell me this. Do you think he's going to go in there and bash a quarterback or, or say anything <laughs> yeah. negative about a quarterback? Like, I, I don't know what people were trying to get there. Like, mm. Hugh, it is an open competition. Yeah, Robbie has a shot, all right? But I think that shot is very, very uh, far off. And and what, what, I'm, what I'm saying by that is Peyton – Hugh went and got a guy, man. He went and got a guy. All right. And he, he got him to transfer in here. And what does that usually mean, Dustin? When a guy leaves the school, he was a starting quarterback at, he's coming to Auburn. All right. Very rarely they sit the bench. Robbie's okay? gonna have to Robbie's gonna have to truly beat him. Yes, he is going to have to truly beat him, which means he is gonna have to show out in fall camp. All right. And and it's gonna be half. It's gonna be by a wide margin, all right. But I just never understood the whole 
argument like after after Hugh said that, where everybody just got on the case of, oh well, uh, you know, Robbie this, Robbie that, Robbie this. Uh, look, what did you want him to say? You know that that was that was my biggest thing. I don't I don't know. Uh, and, but and to be to be clear, this is not at any kind of because we need to talk about this before, so I know where you're going with it. This is not any kind of shot at Robbie. The point yeah. the point I mean because we me and Blake both agreed on this. The point we're making here is simply. How did you take those comments and think anything had changed? Yeah, it's it's still what it was before he spoke, because he didn't say any. I just I'm I missed that one. Maybe we're missing something, brother. Maybe so, because I from what I took is he is a quarterbacks coach. Uh, he is down for competition, and that is what he's got on his hands, and that is why he brought Peyton Thorn in here. Right. I didn't get anything other from 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 it right there like i, I don't know i, I could be yeah. lost like you said yeah, let's see fall camp opens up august 2nd let's see what hugh says august 9th let's see what hugh says august 15th that's yeah. what i that's what i want to know um right now man what do you think he's going to say i'll tell you what really stood out to me blake so he said uh he said he wants to build his program on faith attitude mm. mental toughness and love faith mm. attitude mental toughness and love um, hell of a combination if you can pull all those things off. And I think that the faith part is just so important because then I saw, I believe Elijah McAllister was interviewed by, um, by Zach Blackerby and Daryl Dappers at Locked On. I want to give the proper credit. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was them. They asked him, yeah, it was Daryl. Daryl asked him, what, what made you pick Q? And by the way, we'll get into this later. Elijah is super impressive all week. Um, yes. But he said the first word out of his mouth was faith. Mm -hmm. And we've heard this with Walker White, and we've heard this with Malik Blockton. And I'm just telling you, man, I, I know I've, I've been saying this all summer. This is just going to – but you heard it again. This is going to be a thing. This program is going to be built on this. And he was – and he was uh, he was specific in what he said. He said, listen, he said, faith to me means something that it might not mean to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, to him, it's faith in his Lord and Savior Jesus. But he said, that's not necessarily what I'm saying here. He said, that's, that's important. I want to get guys in here that believe – you know, think like me because – that's a whole other conversation. But, but what he was saying was he said faith in my teammates. Mm -hmm. Faith. He said faith in the fans. He said faith in the program. Faith in the administration. Mm -hmm. And it also lined up with something else he said. Alignment. He said he feels like everything behind the scenes is more aligned than a lot of other situations he's been in. Mm -hmm. And I know that his situation was Liberty was very good. He spoke very high on Liberty. What he wanted to say without saying it was – I've heard a lot of the stuff that's said about Auburn in the past, and I'm yep. telling you that I'm not witnessing any of that. That's what he was saying without saying it, really. Yep. He was saying, listen, man, I don't know what went on prior, but I can tell you right now that everything behind the scenes here is aligned. So everybody having, having faith in one another. And to one of your points that you've made several times, I think that started with Cadillac that night versus A&M. Let's, let's quit the infighting and let's start having faith in Auburn again. So I think that's a big buzzword that you're going to hear throughout Hughes' tenure, man. One thing uh, that I was super impressed with from head coach Hugh Freeze right here, I, I've got it right here, this tweet from Brash Talk on college football. Uh, now I'm reading this from my cell phone. So uh, it says, well, coach Hugh Freeze is set to speak at media days today. You should expect to hear a lot about his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Uh, I roll emoji, hashtag War Eagle, hashtag SEC Media Days. 
Coach Hugh Freeze responds and says, <laughs> I certainly am very thankful for him and his grace and mercy. He sustains me daily. Hope you know him also. Have a great day. Brash Talk on College Football responds and says, I know him. Have since I was born. I hope you know him as well instead of just talking about him. Our guy Mike G responds and says, if you knew him as well as you say you do, you wouldn't be on Twitter criticizing someone for talking about their faith. Ah, get dunked on by Mike G. I just I just saw a murder take place. OK. Um, and this is one of the things that I, I go back to about the two phones jokes and the originality of those jokes and. It pisses me off, okay, that a man who made a mistake goes down a road, and they asked him at media days, they asked him, Dustin, did you ever feel like you would get back into the SEC? And he was honest, and he said at one point, no. He said, no, I did not. But I got to Liberty, and things started working out. We started winning some games. We started beating people at Arkansas. And he said, I sat down with my wife and said, you know what? I might get I might get my chance. I might get my chance. But for you to sit here and make fun of a man who is talking about his faith and his relationship with Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior, he made a mistake years ago. Okay? It happened. Guess what, Dustin? People change, man. People change. All right. Yeah, and it's one of the things too, where it's like, okay, and I, I don't want to get down this road of, yeah. of being too religious, but if you, so the guy that responded that started this whole thing that ultimately is is recovering from, like you said, the the murder of mm -hmm. Mike G put on him, but it's like, bro, why did Christ die on the cross? So even even if you don't believe it, it just yeah. So just choose a Christian. So just your understanding of the religion is what Christ died on the cross to, so we could be forgiven for our sins. Right. That's the that's the religion. So the whole point of it is forgiveness. Yes. So, yeah, like Hugh, Hugh does not have to sit back and live in this this space where that's even on his mind. Exactly. His family's forgiven him. He's forgiven himself. And. His, his, who are you to speak on his relationship with his God? Who are you to speak on that? Mm -hmm. If he feels it, comfortable in it, if he feels good to go, good to go, man. It's really none of your business. And that's and, a, it's just a weird, it's a weird attack. And Dustin, my thing with it is, like you said, not trying to go down that road, you know, a whole lot on this pod because um, we want to, we want to, you know, talk about sports. But it, 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 it's big to me because that was the morning of before he took the podium, right? Right. And you're on Twitter throwing nonsense around because he he makes a tweet, uh, he tweets a Bible verse or whatever, right. um, and you talk about this program being built on faith, and and guys and their relationships uh, with Jesus Christ and and how close they are uh, taking that journey in their life and everything, and and this is a guy who I'm damn proud to say he is our head football coach because of little things like that. Yeah, that I, get on, I get on Twitter and I see that and I say, man, I, I absolutely love it. And yeah. I, I love it. And um, that, that was another thing that, that I was, I was proud of him 
One thing I was also proud of was the media kept it about football, Dustin. 100%. And I do want to give a shout-out to those guys Mm. because we've had to listen about Brian Harson the past two years, right? And it was a disaster, and we knew it was coming. And we really thought those jokes and those questions were going to come at SEC Media Days. Like we thought somebody was going to try to slide one in there, right? Right. And, yeah. and, they, and they kept it about football, and I absolutely love that. So to those dudes in the media, uh, I really respect that. Uh, another thing, Dustin, that kind of stuck out to me was him talking about the offense with Philip Montgomery and, and him relinquishing play calling and him stepping away thinking that he was one of the greatest play callers in college football at one time. And then him kind of realizing like, Hey, maybe I've lost that touch, you know? Uh, and him looking at a guy like Philip Montgomery and saying, Hey, he's been on both sides. He's been a head coach. He's been an OC. So if I need to step in, in the middle of a game and say, Hey, l- let me, let me grab it real quick. All right. Let, let me, let me take the reins just for a minute. Let's try something, which he said happens quite often. All right. Philip knows how it goes because, like he said, he's been on both sides and he understands the head coaching duty. He understands the OC duty. Uh, so, him just saying that Philip will call plays, Philip will be the offensive coordinator, uh, that stuck out to me. I like that. I like hearing that because obviously we hear another guy from an SEC West opponent. Uh, he gets up on stage and he had an answer, all right? Hmm. And he said, oh, I don't yeah. know. You know? We'll, I mean, we'll, he, we'll save that one for the back end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, Hugh stuck out to me on that, man. Uh, and trusting his staff, that, that shows – uh, that he has a lot of faith in them there. Uh, so I, just all around with everything that Hugh Free said, uh, I was super impressed. I had chills. I had little Levi in my arms. We were locked in. We were watching him <laughs> uh, walk up to the podium, and uh, it was everything that uh, that I thought it would be, man. It was interesting to hear him talking about that with Philip Montgomery, and we talked about this on the Midweek Report. You know, I just think that it's just going to be that way, and I made the comparison of uh, – a guy like Sean McVay for the Los Angeles Rams, right? Mm -hmm. In the pro game, it's really about ball. It really is, man. I know that that doesn't fit what we as college fans, because you always hear the old storyline, right, as college fans. College is about the ball. NFL, it's about the money. Well, there's been a lot of rule changes lately where this has kind of gone a different kind of way. And the point I'm making is that a guy like Sean McVay, who was an offensive genius, he can sit down, game plan all week for the Rams, he can be involved in the game plan because a lot of those duties that a head coach has in college, he has a general manager for in the pros. Mm -hmm. The way it's going right now, bro, look at what we had to do with Tank Bigsby. We had to recruit Tank Bigsby every single year he was at Auburn. So you have to recruit the guys on your own team. You have to recruit the guys that you're obviously out of high school. You have to have an ear to the ground in the portal so you can get a guy like Peyton Thorne and – Man, I wish I I wish we could tell you guys some of the stuff we hear about this NIL, and we'll get we'll get into this we'll get into this because we're gonna have a segment at the end where we just talk about outside of Auburn what were some interesting comments you think other people in the SEC said, and and Lane Kiffin talked about that topic specifically because mm-hmm. we'll get into that why people people ask Lane a lot of stuff, and he talked about hey man this is a thing with 
you have a guy that's on a certain is getting a certain amount of money. In our case, it would be from on to victory. And then a new guy comes in and he gets more money. And it's like, oh, well, and now it becomes a thing. And these kids are 19, 20 years old, you know. So it's just there's so much more now for a college coach to manage more than there ever has been. Yep. 18, 19 year old kids that have money. You're trying to keep them on the team. Yeah, I mean, all these things. Hugh cannot be as involved in the game plan and all that kind of stuff as I'm sure he wants to be. So he needs guys like Philip Montgomery, like you said, I can trust you. Like he said, yep. faith, attitude, mental toughness, love. I got to have faith in my guys. I can trust Ron Roberts. I can trust Philip Montgomery. And then what will that relationship be like? And that will be the interesting part that we don't know, that we don't know in Nashville. Hugh can say the right things. Philip Montgomery will say the right things. How will it go? We think we know how it's going to go with Jimbo and Petrino when Jimbo tries to step in. How will it go when Hugh says to Philip, hey, man, listen, I don't like that play call. I'm the head coach. We'll, you know, mm -hmm. we don't know until it comes until it comes time. Uh, one thing that I've continued to say and I noticed about Hugh is there's a lot of downplaying. I just don't know, man. We just mm -hmm. we going to try. I'm going to try to get Keldrick Falk. I don't know if I'll be able to get him. Flip. I don't know, yeah. man. We need Connor Lou. I'm going to try to get Connor Lou. I just don't know. Flip. There's a lot of that, man. Hugh does a whole lot of that stuff right there. I just don't know. And uh, so there was a lot of that as well. He's just kind of saying, I need time. I don't know. He's got some stuff up his sleeve, man. He, he's no, got no. some stuff up his sleeve. Um, I kind of see, like, quiet, quiet confidence in his demeanor. I think he's starting to feel comfortable as Auburn's head football coach. And – it's interesting too to hear what other people say about him, right? When you hear other coaches saying this guy is one of the best at second half adjustments, well, how how awesome was that to hear? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's just a lot of stuff that comes out from the other side as well, man. Um, just really excited about everything, everything that Hugh said. And one thing before we get into uh, some of what the players said, one thing that stuck out to me too was he said was he was talking about changing his terminology. He said, I've sat down with so many coaches in this league. They all know my stuff. So even though me and Philip speak the same language, the terminology is a little bit different. I've got to switch it up. Me personally, Blake, I like a guy that's super paranoid and is thinking about every little bit. Mm -hmm. One thing else we got out of Nashville, dude, was that two guys that we were expecting to contribute, Brian Batie, and we just talked about how where's that running back two slot going to go, right? That was just an episode mm -hmm. we had a couple weeks ago. Um, and now we're hearing that he's got an issue with his foot. And then that shorter, uh, shorter, the transfer, wide receiver transfer for North Texas as well. Well, he had 11 touchdowns last year on 21 catches or whatever it was. So it was a big time get for us at the time. We're hearing that he has some injury, lingering injury issues as well, that they're probably not going to be right for fall camp. And Hugh even said they're just going to have to tough it out through the season. Blake, what are your thoughts on Batiste specifically? Because I don't know. We don't, we got depth if we feel like that receiver. But Jarquez Hunter might not be able to go now, but T might be a little, you know, what are your thoughts on this running back room right now with this news? Well, uh, welcome Jeremiah Cobb. Hey, uh, you could be seeing him. I'm not saying you are going to see him, but if all of this is true and, and, you know, it's a lingering turf toe, you know, we could see him early, you know, if, uh, if Jarquez has to sit out a game or two, we still don't know that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, somebody asked Hugh about that. 
Um, we knew it was coming. Uh, and obviously, Hugh said, I can't speak on that. So right now, that tells me that he is still, uh, you know, down and out. So um, who knows? Who knows what's going to go on there? All right. And then you hear about the Batie thing and and uh, you're, you're really looking at Damari Austin. And that is why we had that segment a couple episodes ago. And, and I was really calling on Damari to step up and take control of that running back two slot. And uh, I think Damari can do that. I am a little concerned if Batie is really hurt going into that Cal game. I'll be honest with you. If Jarquez can't go and Batie is beat up, uh, you know, I believe in Damari. But I want to see, uh, you know, Jeremiah Cobb. Uh, Jackson's back there. You know, we, we do have a, a star-studded backfield. We got depth there. Uh, but this is a guy that got a lot of praise catching the ball out of the backfield. Even Hugh mentioned him at SEC Media Days. He didn't mm -hmm. think he was going to be able to run in between the tackles. Right. And then he saw him take a handoff, and he said, oh, man, you know, he's slippery. And uh, and this is a guy that we're expecting big things out of. Uh, so it, it hurts to hear that news. Is it gonna Is it going to linger all season? You know, that is one thing. Yeah. Like you mentioned uh, on, on the War Report show, you were talking about uh, guys being injured before the season and things, you know, they just keep lingering around and it just keeps happening and, and they get into the season and they're out a game or two and then they try to make their way back and, and then, you know, they get nicked up again and they're out at two to three games and it's just an ongoing process. So, that is uh, difficult to hear. Hopefully, it's not much of anything, but you see turf toe in the league, and guys are sitting out six weeks from it. So, hopefully, he's back, but I do believe in Damari Austin. I think Damari Austin can tote the load until Jarquez comes back. Uh, and and welcome, Jeremiah Cobb. If, if all this happens and, and it plays out like this, I think you're going to get to see uh, a star-studded kid that is ready as a freshman. And I think he is a highlight reel waiting to happen. So yeah. uh, it could be his time. I really, really like it when kids get in and graduate early and get that spring. Because I would yes. be looking at Jeremiah a lot different. He still hasn't taken snaps. And so now it's just like, yes. man, man, man. Um, you know, be well, be well said the other night that he thinks Jarquez maybe misses a half. And we've heard opinions that vary on all of this, yeah. right? One thing I will say, guys, is that I haven't heard anybody say Jarquez is going to be off the team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to play. It's going to be okay at the end. We're just trying to look at these first couple of games and and how may how might it play out, bro? If let's say that Jarquez misses a game or two, let's say that Batie is banged up, man. So what? It so then you have to use Jeremiah because listen, I mm -hmm. I like Sean Jackson, right? But like short yardage. Jeremiah, sure Jeremiah is going to take this is going to be ahead of him in yeah. about a week or two. It just is what it is. Okay. Jeremiah yeah. is really good. He's a really solid player. And let's say that you have to use Jeremiah because you're going to, you want to use him versus UMass and Sanford anyway, because you have that new rule now where you can use a freshman for four games and doesn't burn his eligibility. So mm -hmm. you want to get that in, in those UMass games, in those Sanford games, when you have the opportunities to get those reps for those guys and it doesn't count against them. Mm. I'm sure the game plan already was these are the games we're going to let Jeremiah get some run. Well, now it probably going from five to seven carries to it could be maybe 15, right? What happens if he makes the most of those carries? Because because running back is not a position. We saw it with Michael Dyer 
um, you don't you can come in right away and contribute. You know, it's yes. not like a defensive line or or quarterback. There, every position is different, obviously. Running back, you can step in pretty quick, man. If you got good vision, got the playbook down, and, and can make things pop, you can do it. So, what if Jeremiah comes in and has ten carries versus UMass? For 110 yards and a touchdown or two, and shows promise can can do the things he did in high school, where he's a fantastic pass blocker, can't be overlooked. Um, great catching the ball out the backfield and all around back. What if it becomes one of the things after two weeks of seeing Jeremiah, where you go, well, we got to use this kid, and then Batie gets healthy, and Damari's been balling, and it's too late. Like that's just the way football works, man. Like yeah. one little thing, you can get lost in the shuffle. This is a very interesting development to me. This will and, be fun to watch, man. After Jarquez, the way that running back room is going to shape out is super intriguing to me, bro. And and one thing I want to say real quick is about the Jarquez stuff is I'm looking at this as the big picture, right? Right. We don't know anything, yeah. right? And and we haven't been told anything. or, or <laughs> So I'm not going in going, oh, man, I see the guy on Twitter running heels and, and, uh, and he's playing. He's playing week one. He's playing. No. Like, I don't know yet. So, guess what, Dustin? If I don't know, I'm going to act like he's not playing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to look at the guys that are in there. Now, do I think he sits out more than a game? Absolutely not. I do not think so. That's just my opinion. I don't. I, I think he might sit out. Uh, I'm kind of like, you know, what B-Will said. Uh, maybe a half, maybe a game against UMass, whatever. I think he's at Cal. And I think he's playing. And I've said it uh, a couple of episodes ago that I think he runs for 200 yards on Cal. I do. I think he eats that defense. I think he eats them up. I really do. But we're just looking at this big picture and what could happen. And that is why I think uh, if Batiste's injury lingers, you could see Jeremiah Cobb fairly early uh, in this backfield. And I agree with what you said about Cobb overtaking Jackson, uh, you know, early on i do think the kid's just too talented man he really is i mean he's the best running back that that i've seen uh last year in the state now i didn't get to watch everybody but i did get to watch him one time so uh he is freaky and it's uh it's a pleasure to watch so i see him getting on the field pretty early so yeah for sure that's gonna be really fun man um on shorter real quick i'll just say this bro I think that 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 wide receiver room is so open, and like we've said a million times, we just think it's going to be spread out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's so many options there that, like, starting the season off on a pitch count, not good, not good. Really concerning to me. It it sounds like from what we heard that his injury is like a little more. Like it sounds like Batik can get better, and I I don't, I don't know for sure. You know, I'm just going off what what it kind of seems like. What we got the other day, it seems like was shorter, and also going back to his injury history already. He has a, you know, he's had a rough injury history Mm -hmm. going back to North Texas. It seems like this is just going to be an issue that kind of is just what he deals with for the remainder of his playing career, and it seems like he's going to be on a pitch count. And I'm just, you know me, man. Like injuries at the start of the season, I don't want to hear it. And it's nothing against the player. It's just like. Other injuries are going to happen throughout the season. And then, like, I just – you're going to get lost. And remember when, with Gonzo, I said, this isn't good, this isn't good. And everybody was like, he's going to come back, Dustin. You're being too negative. He's going to come back, Dustin. State series. Yeah, you're, you're being too negative. Butch says he's going to come back. And I'm like, no, he's not. No, yeah. he's not. I'm sorry, man. If you're hurt before the season and then it's – and, and, like, they're, they're already saying, 
I don't know if it's going to get better during the. Like, I just don't know, man. I, I think it's, uh, and he's only got one year of eligibility left. It's very unfortunate. I hope that he's able to come in and contribute, man. But I just think with all the guys in that receiver room, um, like just just the slot position alone, right? And I know that Shorter can do a variety of different things, but like just looking at the slot alone, you've got a guys in VAR in in Jay Fair. And uh, was it uh, Michael Johnson, right? That had the broke that was injured in spring, or who was it that had the big catch in spring? The one long play, I can't slot remember. guy. What I just slip in my mind because I always get hit. I get Malcolm Johnson, and then the other guy that transferred. I always got them confused because uh, their game was so similar. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, it slips my yeah, mind. You got but, me but, but 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 my point is, we're really deep at receiver, and I just think that if mm-hmm. you're coming into the season. W- with a lingering injury, I just don't know how. I hope he can make it. You know, I hope he can make something of it, man. But that's not a good look, bro. It's not good. Well, you know, and like you talk a little bit about the the depth is you got guys like Amari Kelly, you got mm-hmm. guys like Malcolm Johnson Jr. Uh, you know, hey, it's time to step up. All right, Corey Moore, we need you to be big this year. You know, you you were a guy last year for us, but we need you to elevate this year. Uh, and and be one of those guys, you know. Shane Hooks coming in, that was big. Uh, I I'm I don't want to I don't want to say it like I'm not concerned, but I am a little concerned. But I do think Auburn has the guys and and the the pieces to uh, plug in and play. Look, Malcolm Johnson Jr. Uh, has a lot of high praise, and I think it's his time. Look, I, I know. We were going to do a, a do-or-die episode of guys that, you know, we think it's, hey, you, you got to step up this year. This has got to be your 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 go-to moment, right? And I think that's one of those guys that, hey, look, he's the fastest guy on the team, all right? He's a track star, man. But when they give you that jet sweep or whatever, you know, uh, you make a play, make something happen, all right? Um, I need you on the field, though. I got to have you on the field. I got to see you make plays on the field. Uh, Nick Mardner, all right. This is mm. your this is your opportunity. People were saying that you were getting lost in the shuffle, right? People were saying, "Hey, uh, there's been some things go on. Maybe he's not what we kind of thought he was." Well, guess what? This could potentially be a moment uh, where you you know you get your hand back in the race and and uh, and you know you can get some balls and and get some action out there. So, I think Auburn's got the pieces, man. I, I think they have the depth at receiver to kind of, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt, but yeah. uh, I, th- I think we we have talent there. Tavares so. Dawson. Tavares Dawson had yeah. the 39 the 39 yard catch in there the spring go. game. That's what I was talking about. Yep. So yeah, just a lot of a lot of guys there, man. Um, so Blake, get over here to the players. I know that you were really impressed, and it was hard not to be with Elijah McAllister, right? He really made an mm-hmm. impression on you, man. Let me tell you something. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a brand new dad to uh, Levi Parker Lane. Uh, he's almost been here a week, and I want to save that clip to show my son when he's old enough uh, to realize what is being said there, because uh, I want my son to be like that one day. I want I want to uh, show. Levi, how you were supposed to be, because that is a that is a fine human being, man, and and that is a guy that has his head on straight, and that is a guy who, coming from the prestigious university that he come from, 
and we all know what Vanderbilt and and the academic department uh, brings with it, right? So, just the things that he said, uh, and and how amazing uh, his delivery was, and how well spoken he was, and just, uh, I mean, he didn't seem like a college kid. Hmm. Let's be honest, Dustin. Dustin, yeah. he, he he seemed like he was a grown man. At the at the table, and like he already had it all figured out, and he said, "I want." He said, "Have you ever seen Thanos?" He said, "I want every Infinity Stone in life," and that that stuck with me, man. Him saying he wanted to write two books and be a a, a professor at a university, and the biggest thing is, I will continue to do better on the football field, but I will let the chips fall as they may. All right. It's about football. He loves the game, but he's a, he's a life guy. It's about life, bro. It's about him putting his family in a position to be great. And that's on and off the field. And there was a comment under my tweet today because I said I've watched it a thousand times and every time it just gets better and better. And there was a comment saying he's the true version of a student athlete. And I want my son to be like that. That is exactly what I want to. And I hope I, I hope I can raise my son to be like that, be half of that. Because a lot of people kept saying, and I got DMs and texts, of this why is elijah McAllister going to sec media dates hmm. he hasn't played a snap for auburn university no way he should be going to sec media days and what did what did we say about sec media days dustin a lot of word salad it's a lot of word salad but you're taking guys who represent your university hmm. at a high standard all right at a high rate and guess what? If you don't think high school kids watch SEC Media Days and who represents your university, they do. They watch it because they, they want to see the swagger of the players and the swagger of the coaches. And, and you know, they, they just – they get into it, you know. They like it. And so when you see Elijah McAllister sitting there and saying everything that he said, man, I don't know how you could represent Auburn any better than that. The dude did it, man. He he was absolutely incredible. And uh, not taken away from the other two because right. I thought the other two were great. You yeah. know, Cam Stutz, the way he handled himself was phenomenal. We all know what Luke Deal brings to the table, right? Yeah. An absolutely, absolutely incredible, impressive person. But Elijah stuck out to me as all the things that we've heard, right, about him coming in and taking over the locker room yeah. and being that guy and just leading this team. We saw it. The proof was right there when he was at the podium. Yeah. All of that's true. We know it because we we just saw it. And uh, I, I think we're blessed to have him on this football team. And I know we've said it before that we, we might not think that he produces at a high level in the, in the statistical category or whatever, but just leadership goes a long way. And him – and what he brings to the table in that department, 
could go a long way for this football team, and I believe that. Hell of a human being, hell of a kid. It's hard for me to believe that he is that mature at that age with his head on his shoulders like that. I mean, kudos to him. What a person, man. Um, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. The, uh, his parents or whoever raised him, like a phen- phenomenal job, man. Yeah, phenomenal job. He's already had a, a non-for-profit organization that he started like a year and a half ago. It's just he's doing he's doing great things, man. Uh, all three guys represented Auburn very well. Luke Deal, man, didn't know you had pipes like that, dude. Yeah. You see the video of him with the guitar yeah. dropping a song, man? Uh, it was good. And uh, we know the things that he's he's been through in his time at Auburn. Um, I couldn't imagine. like Three head coaches. Have, yeah, three head coaches losing his dad and all that kind of stuff, man. Just really an impressive young man yeah i that is one thing uh lost his dad while being at auburn i couldn't imagine what that's that would be like yeah. uh, i don't even want to think about that right <laughs> but my one thing with luke man is like he got asked he got asked what all three different like what was different about all three coaches hmm. and another thing when i tell you it matters who you take and how they represent your university. That was a trap question for a college kid. All right. Because some guys could have, they could have slipped up and said, oh, well, you know, things under this guy, they weren't that great. All mm-hmm. right. Things under him. All right. He ran it. He ran a, a certain type of show up there that I didn't really, you know, I didn't really like how he did things instead you got Mr. Deal here, and he's – hey, Gus ran it a certain way. They were all three different. Harson ran it his way, and Hughes running it his way. They're all three different in how they do things. But I got to know each of them on a personal level and as people, as human beings, and I respect all three of them for what they've done. All right? It was a trap question, man. That's why I say – Watch who you take to media days <laughs> and how they represent your university and what they say and how they can speak behind a mic on a podium with people sitting out in front of you. Cameras on you, film moving. Uh, you know, I, I thought that was a, a trap question, and I thought he handled it very, very well. Yeah, for sure. One more thing about Elijah, man. I just want to say, like, it's a uh... – it's really it's always important to have leaders in your team as corny as that sounds you got to have those guys but this year it's really important it's really important for this team it's a transition year i I know that it's 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 been all summer everyone's been talking about about all this stuff you've heard these terms you hear them together nil transfer pool you hear all this stuff pounded at you but it's the truth man it's it's the truth of the matter and we'll use this to transition into our next point here um one thing that really stood out to me was when Lane Kiffin took the podium and we've taken our shots at Lane here on the Uptempo yep. podcast and we will continue to take our shots at Lane Kiffin here on the Uptempo podcast. You think he'll go for it on fourth down? Uh, probably seven, eight, <laughs> nine times. Like there's no telling, bro. I, are they, why are they wasting our scholarship on a spotter? That's my question. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was asked a lot about this man, and and it was weird too. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of Auburn people saying, kind of taking digs at Lane as far as saying like, uh, no one's asking Lane about his football team. What's that tell you? Well, then I watched the press conference and I see the questions being asked. It tells me he's honest. It tells me that he's actually saying the stuff that none of these other coaches want to say. And he mm-hmm. got asked a lot about this NIL and the way it's affecting the locker room 
in today's in today's game. Um, and he said it. It's just a mess. It's free agency like the NFL without rules. It's it's basically a contract without parameters that where a, a player can back out of it at two different points in the year. He can yeah. just leave. You know? Could you imagine the going into a certain point of an NFL team and and uh, somebody's up? It, like it's just it's. If, if, if it's modeled so much after the pro game, you're going to have to get some of these rules like the pro game as far as caps and, and mm-hmm. limits and all this kind of stuff to make this fair because, like like Lane said, he said it's the recruiting is just going to mirror whatever collectives have the most money. Um, and it's just – it's obviously just a free-for-all. And they've got to tidy some of this up for the coaches. And that was kind of mm-hmm. – that was kind of the main thing to me – looking outside of Auburn, Blake, looking like outside of what our guys at Auburn said. Um, I know you had brought up the Jimbo, the Jimbo point. And I'll let you get on that. But to me, man, Lane's Lane's press conference was, was very interesting just because of the, he hit on it very honestly. And he said, man, this college game is a mess right now behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he made a very important point. And he said to the writers and everyone and the fans too, you want to come out here and crap on a 19-year-old kid for the way he's acting. One, at 19, wouldn't you have taken you probably would have taken the money, right? Like absolutely. You, you probably would have taken like you're sitting on a high horse now talking about well, education and right fit and blah blah blah. Well, you're 35 years old now. You got a different head on your shoulders. Perfect example right here, Dustin. Everybody wants to talk about these kids, right? Let's go back to Reggie Bush, dog. All right. His family got moved out of the projects. Yeah. Right. They got moved out. What would you have done? Right. right? If 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 I'm at low level housing and somebody comes to me and says, Hey, we want your kid to play football here and we're gonna give you this and that and this and that. And okay. Right. Cool. Like, let's go, you know? Yeah. Don't sit here and act like these kids, man, they are putting their bodies on the line, man. And and these people, hundred thousand people right. filling a stadium, and they're making money off of concessions and all of these tickets and and uh, 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 merch and everything like that at the gates, man. And you're sitting here telling me that they don't deserve a cut. Now they're yeah. like you said, there needs to be some rules and everything. Yeah, that, and, and like I, Lane, he said there needs to be rules. That's and part I, of it. Yeah, I think they 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 unleashed it, bro, and then they didn't have rules. And all the problems that have happened, anybody with a brain said this was going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. And now you're sitting here, and there's all these problems. You've got states making different laws, so their schools can have an advantage. The NCAA, the SEC, whatever. And you remember when uh, when Bruce and uh, and Hugh and I believe Butch went as well. But I remember a bunch of our coaches went and spoke to some congressmen or something. Mm a lot of people behind the scenes, man, are trying to get this all worked out. But like one thing that Lane said, and, and I promise, I promise our audience, this is happening at Auburn. But when I tell you this is happening at Auburn, this is happening at every school. But I yeah. know for a fact this is happening at Auburn. So one thing that happens is guy gets the NIL check from on to victory. Well, we need transfer offensive linemen. Ah, transfer offensive linemen getting USC offered Dylan Wade, and I'm just using an example here, okay? I don't think these names are specific, but Dylan Wade gets offered a whole bunch of money from USC. Well, we got to compete. We need linemen, right? Yep. We we like how that offensive line was overhauled, so you got to pay that money. I don't know how much Dylan Wade got paid, but I know that a big number was being floated out there by USC. 
So you get him, and now someone else is sitting there saying, I've been here since high school. Yeah. I've been loyal through all this. And now he comes in and hasn't played a down, and he's making more money than me. Trust, like, trust me, that's happening at Auburn right now. It's happening it's happen- everywhere. It's happening everywhere. And Lane's point was, and he's trying to get his players to understand, this is going to happen to you in the NFL. Yep. You're going to be a fifth-round pick on your fifth-round deal that has proven yourself, and you're still going to have two years to go on your deal, and a yep. rookie that ain't proved nothing is going to slide in and be making millions more than you because he was a first-round pick. Yep. So get it. So if you, you say you want to play pro ball, this is a pro player podcast, but there's got to be rules. There's got to be an understanding. It is just – we talked with our guy from UMass the other night, Nathan, right? It is yep. just fascinating to see how this whole NIL, this whole transfer, how all of this stuff is changing the game. It's changing yeah. right in front of our eyes. And if the NCAA doesn't swoop in and get a hold of it, man, programs like UMass are going to drown because of conference realignment and stuff like that. And yep. then and, – and that's not good for the overall – you can make fun of it and say, who cares about UMass? Who cares about Troy? You don't care until they don't exist. Yep. They are important to the overall health of college football. So there are just so many things that are going on in the game right now that when you when I listen to these coaches, Blake, talk about it, and they all are saying the same thing. We need some rules. So as far as what my takeaway from outside of Auburn, it is just that I believe these coaches when they say this is a mess. And we've been talking about it for like two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's been a mess since covid it's time to get it figured out. It's yeah. time to start getting some rules, getting this thing kind of wrapped up because this is a free for all. And and you remember how big NASCAR was? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this college football is in danger of this. It's not, but I'm just saying there was a point where NASCAR was the second biggest sport in America. It's dead now. Yep. So if you think that you can't ruin a great thing, if you think something's too big to fail, I promise it that's not true. You you can you can ruin college football. I think it's a long way from happening. I'm not saying doomsday on this, but my takeaway is let's let's listen to these coaches, dude. Let's listen to them. You need some rules. You need to wrap up this portal and this NIL stuff and give these coaches a chance to coach their team. And and a lot of people are saying, you know, like don't get it twisted. A lot of people are saying, hey, I don't like watching college football anymore because it's turned into the NFL. And that was the beauty of college football. Right. The beauty of college football was that it was so much, it was so vastly different than the NFL, right? And that's why a lot of people don't like the 12-team playoff, you know, because they say, oh, well, now you're going to have three lost teams in the in the playoff. Well, what does that sound like? Sounds like the NFL where you can have a seven-loss team make the playoffs. I mean, it's just, it's changing. There needs to be a grip on it. Hell, they can't even figure out the damn video game. All right, because there's constant <laughs> argument over who's getting paid, who's not. It's just a, a big argument. All right, figure it out. Uh, figure out the NIL stuff, whatever. Uh, stop using NIL and recruitments for kids to come to campus and all that. That's got to stop. Uh, it's just – it's a mess right now. It's a mess. So we got to clean it up. But uh, one thing I just wanted to say was, you know, I'll, I'll look. I <laughs> The media uh, and some of the questions, man. Mm. Uh, 
look, I don't have credentials to go to SEC media days, but I know I could ask a better question that will, than what was asked to Jimbo Fisher about Cam Coleman. <laughs> the kid's still in high school. I, I, I don't – I don't – look, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, dude. Like, what are we doing, you know? And, and, and uh, you know, like – like old Goodman, man. Well, we knew, we knew it was coming. We knew who it was going to be. Yep. And here it comes. Well, it's Jarquez Hunter. Like, uh, you know what? What's going on and everything? Like, man, keep it, keep it, keep it one hundred on the field. What? Uh, ask a Mike G question. Hey, <laughs> what's that quarterback situation looking like? All right, what's that going to? I did, stop. All right, like, um. And another thing is I think it's do or die for Jimbo. Mm-hmm. And what an interesting a, answer. A lot of people have come out and said, can he give up the play calling duties? Can he give up the play calling duties? And I tell you what, the way I took it, I don't think he's giving them up. I don't. <laughs> I think he's going to have his hand in the pot and I am wondering how this is going to go off of that answer. How is how is him and Bobby P going to mesh together? Like, because the first time Jimbo steps in and says, "Hey, like we need to do this," I know Bobby's going to look at him and be like, "Hey, man, you know, like I, I was putting up 40, 50 points a game when I was at Arkansas. Like, like why are you coming in here?" All you've ever done is is Jameis Winston project, you know. Like, I mean, what's going on now? And and I just I'm interested to see how this is going to work because I fully expected him to come in and say, "Yeah, man, it, it's Bobby Petrino's offense. Like, we this is do or die. We gotta we gotta go this year." And then you come in with that and say, "Well, uh, you know, well, when it gets to that point, we'll." You know, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there. What? Like, I don't get it, man. Uh, it's 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 do or die. Maybe I'm looking at it different. I don't know. Maybe an A and M fan can enlighten me on it. I don't know. Uh, but it's do or die for Jimbo. And th- this is the year, man. If they go seven and five, I've told y'all this a million times. They don't care out in Texas. Money isn't an issue. It's not. His 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 days at Texas A and M. If they go seven and four, I honestly I honestly believe if they go eight and four, I think he's dead in the water. Oh, that, yeah, that'll be. See, it's it's like third and three, third yeah. and three, and third and three, and Bobby wants to run or pat. You know, it's exactly. the, the, those little scenarios. And then you Jimbo wants to do something different. How are they going to handle it? Maybe they handle it right the first time. Maybe they handle it right versus Miami. Do they handle it right again versus Auburn? Maybe they right. handle it right versus Auburn. But then do they handle it right down the line versus Alabama? Like, does this? Can you do this a whole season in high intensity moments? I just don't know, man. I just don't know. And 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 if they lose that game to Miami and then we beat them, I just don't know if there's any saving it. If they start off two and two, I don't know if they can grab it and get. Oh God, no! That he's dead, bro. Like if they start off two and two, he's dead in the water. That noise is that it's gonna get. Oh, dude, it's gonna get loud, man. My thing is, why? Why would you want him calling plays? The man ran a three yard hitch is the last play of the game against Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, they knew what was coming. I, I, I just don't want him calling plays. I mean, I want I want him calling plays. But if I'm a Texas A&M fan, I don't want him calling plays. Give it to Bobby Petrino, man. I think he I think he would do great things there. Uh, but I don't know. It, it was just weird to me uh, that answer and and his. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't get it, but it is what it is. Hopefully, he's out of there. Well, it'll be fun, man. And the thing this the thing that I always say about this is it costs what eighty ninety million dollars to fire him. Then you got to hire another guy, and you're going to want to hire a good coach, right? So you're looking at a $200 million decision. Like, did they hire Bobby uh, Bobby Petrina? That'll man, I don't know. I mean, how does, <laughs> yeah. So like, so so Mike G's talked about how Bobby Petrino, he knows Bobby Petrino to act right, and then yeah. this a story that's public. Look up how he quit the Falcons. He left a note in in the players' lockers and on the team facility door. Didn't tell anybody in person. Left a note when they came into practice that day. I'm taking the Louisville job. Like, dude, sketch. So how will how a lot of that will be dependent on his relationships? Like, how does he get along with people at the school? Yeah. I don't know. I I would be surprised if AM fired Jimbo Fisher and then promoted Bobby. Like, because yeah. I would it would to me it would be kind of like the Kevin Steele reaction that we had. Like, wait a minute, no, we want something new and fresh. Yeah. And I, I couldn't – that to me just would seem like a complete and total mess. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, Blake, something interesting that came out this week didn't necessarily come out from Nashville, but I thought it was very interesting. So the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, mm-hmm. they wrote a piece a couple weeks ago about Georgia, basically accusing Georgia of some things. And Georgia came out and said, this isn't true. Mm-hmm. And they challenged the story, and the AJC actually fired the guy that wrote it and – I don't know if they redacted the story, but I know they made changes to it. And the thing that's just interesting to me about this, man, is we have a situation, we talk about it, and all the Auburn fans kind of know what I'm talking about here. We have some people that we just feel like, yo, your intentions covering our team are not correct. Like when we see ESPN, we don't trust it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you get you get access for a day, and then you come out and say, the receivers were dropping everything. That's what you did with your access to our spring practice? Um and we could ESPN has a long history of doing goofy stuff with Auburn. Um, AL.com. Man, listen, dude, I put that poll up back whenever we hired Hugh, and over a thousand people voted on it. Over a thousand people voted on this poll. Mm-hmm. And the question was, should AL.com be still be allowed to be in Auburn's locker room and team facilities? And 97% of the 1,000 percent or the 1,000 people that voted said no. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty large sample size of our fan base saying I don't want. So I just say that to say, like, one, the AGC knew, and, I, and I've and i never thought I'd be in position to defend Georgia, but, like, you're never going to write a hit piece and then put it behind the paywall, right? Yeah. Like, if you, if you really have something, it's not going to be behind the paywall. Yep. You're going you're gonna to put it out there for the world to read. Two, it's weird because it's like, this is your fan base. Like, why are you trying to piss off the people that you want to read the paper? Mm-hmm. But it's just, I, I think this will be interesting to see how this goes in the future, because I think now there are going to be some colleges and I hope Auburn's one of them that step back and say, wait a minute, I can challenge a BS story. That's clearly not true. Because if I was Auburn now knowing this man, yeah. some of that stuff that was being reported about, the board of trustees is starting rumors about Brian Harson and his affair. Some of those like really loose 
not based in any fact articles that get floated out by organizations like ESPN and AL.com. Yep. That'll be interesting to see how this goes in the future, man, because now you have an example of a news organization since, since I'm going to mess that word up. Uh, just making it, bro. Like I'm, not, I'm not even going to botch it, but just they're trying to make something, man, way more than what it is, right? Yep. And it was very interesting to see them come out and say, we've made a mistake, to see them fire the guy. And um, I, I'm interested to see how this one goes in the future, bro, because I know, we know, everybody knows, there's a lot of shady, 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 shady reporting. You know, you come off and you say, you say, well, Mississippi State, offered Cam Newton money, and then he went to Auburn, and it's Auburn, 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 and no one ever even brings Mississippi State up in the story. And we're sitting here saying, wait a second, y'all said this whole thing started with them. Why aren't we under the microscope? Well, they paid to fix all – they paid to fix Cecil's church. Where's that evidence at? Still an ongoing investigation. Oh, yeah. So so it's just like, bro, that right there, it was – I haven't seen that. I don't know if I've ever really seen that, man. Like yeah. a school fire back at the media, say, yeah. nah, this is crap. And then it'd be so obvious that the media organization have to say, yeah, we lied. We sensationalized. This was crap. Yep. Interesting, dude. Interesting. I hope some people at Auburn took note of this. Love that. Well, Dustin, uh, you ready to wrap this one up, brother? Uh, it's it's been a hell of an episode, and and I've had fun. I'm just ready for for fall camp. I'm ready for the season to get here. I'm, Question I'm for just, you: Where'd you get that shirt? Oh, homefieldapparel.com, brother. Oh, I didn't uh, know. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. Use use code UPTEMPO. Uh, 15% off your first purchase at checkout. Uh, this one, I've got the basketball tee over there. Uh, they've got every school, all right? I mean, every school under the sun, man. Uh, UMass, we had a UMass episode the other day. They even yeah. got UMass up there. Uh, hey, yeah, y'all go check that out too, man. Um, yeah. One of our least watched videos in a long time. Not sure why. Go in there and check that out, man. You learn a lot about the a team that we're playing but it was a really really cool conversation yeah. and you'll kind of get a look at what it's like for these smaller programs man you know we're we're spoiled as auburn fans we're yep. you know we don't have the problems that they have we can't relate to that very very interesting conversation man go check that out and that's one of the things uh, you know i wanted to do on this podcast that was one of my very first uh like interest was i wanted to educate people who might only watch the sec to venture out and learn about these other schools. Right. Like when Bo went to Oregon, I got Joel Gunderson on here and was like, Hey bro, like tell me a little bit of what attracted Bo to Oregon. Like what is it about Oregon that would make a kid from Alabama want to come up there? And guess what? I'm headed up there in November. Because boy, Dustin, I tell you, that is some of the most beautiful country I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And uh, me and me and my brother are going up there uh, for the USC and Oregon game. But like I did Notre Dame, all right. It interests me that Notre Dame has recruiting restrictions because of their academics. Mm. All right, it's there. That is why Brian Kelly left because he he topped out there. That was it. He wasn't getting any better. He knew when he got to the playoffs, he was getting smashed. Right, he wasn't going to be able to compete, so he he went to LSU. All right, it interests me that stuff like that, like uh, getting Pitt in West Virginia. 
on the, the backyard brawl, something that to them is as big as the Iron Bowl. All right, that is their Iron Bowl. And I was I had an interview with a guy from inside the stadium as soon as the game ended. He was in the locker room, like fresh out of the media, in the, in the locker room, bro, on his laptop, like doing an interview with me, writing a story on the phone with me. Like that interests me. So that is one thing that like I really did want to bring to this show is like getting people on like that. And we play UMass, you know, like Man. go learn about their university. Go learn at the struggles that they've been through with their football program. And I thought Nathan laid it out perfectly. Yeah, he was like, awesome. How, yeah, how hard and difficult – uh, the things that they have to go through and everything yeah. and, just to and, play ball, man. They just yeah. want to play ball. It, so uh, that is one thing that, that uh, I do, I, I do want to get out there is, is we're going to have more. We're going to, we're going to bring on more guests that we play. We might bring on some guests during the season that we don't play, you know, something that might interest us. And we might say, Hey, that's a really cool gig right there. Let's get him on the show. You know, he knows a lot about college football. Let's see what he knows about Auburn. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about the season coming up, brother, and and just getting it kicked off. I know there's going to be so much content for us to put out. There. I am so tired of talking about this stuff. I <laughs> listen, listen, everybody out there behind the scenes. I got to tell y'all something, man. We are sick and tired of trying to come up with topics for this. Yeah. I am ready to see the ball get kicked off. I'm ready mm-hmm. to see somebody get popped in the mouth. I need it. Thanks. I need it. Thanks. Uh, well, look, we hope everybody has a great weekend. We appreciate you joining us on this Friday. Yeah. Uh, we are excited as ever to get August here in fall camp underway. We cannot thank you enough. We will see y'all Monday morning, 10 a.m. on YouTube. We appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great weekend. We're out. War Damn Eagle. War Damn.